0: Welcome back for part two of our interview with Coach Mario Suarez. In this segment, Mario shares his process for social media engagement with his athletes. Um, And I mean, you started to touch on that social media process, and I've seen a lot of really high quality content that you guys have put out that has a high engagement from what looks like athletes and parents that are interacting with that posting as well. Could you walk us through just what your process or system is for managing your yeah. social media account
1: absolutely absolutely and um before i get started trust me it was a struggle um and i've always i always <laughs> tell people this it's it's always funny when you just like when i was like in college or in high school and just do social media just to do it for fun i was told them it's always a difference between doing that and then when you come in there and you really have to actually think about how to or what to post when to post it and i always kind of joke around with some of the athletes like yeah i know you guys just snapchat i like, guess on your daily when, I'm thinking about three different ways to try to post this pose or how to outreach, but I always thought that was kind of funny. Um, And so alongside with um, kind of like the skills and camps template um, or medium that i use i also have a system for the um, social media um, and i do a lot of systems and um, whether that is because i became a coach and i kind of realized that with all our systems of periodization but i think a big part of that has to deal with is the way um, my dad kind of helped me out in organizing not only my homeworks but also my um, my bills and my kind of like my life together into through forms that i will be able to See what I need and then really kind of like see that into detail and then if anything happens I have these plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, all the way to even plan Z that I know that this is the goal for but if this goes one week maybe I'm sick, maybe I'm this, whatever it may be, I know I have a plan B or C that can still work with that so I'm really thankful for him even though sometimes he may have been a little bit too aggressive with it uh, but I'm really <laughs> thankful for that. And kind of instilling that type of systematic work for myself has definitely helped me in the long run. Um, with that being said, um, the social media aspect: what we normally do is we have we're open six days a week, um, but that does not mean we can't go seven days a week with our social media posts. Um, so three days of the week, we like to promote our um, what we have in our facility. So we normally do start off with a speed post. We have those kind of different topics of our um, acceleration, um, our lateral agility, deceleration, our plyometrics, and our transitional multi-directional speed. So each of those week, um, the beginning of the week, whether it be Monday or Tuesday, I go ahead and post um, something about speed-related work with a little snippet explaining, not going into too, too much detail, but just a little snippet explaining what we're doing in the facility during that week of acceleration. Um, and then I give like a little day break, and then I go on the next day. So, like 48 hours after, I go ahead and post some type of strength exercise. Again, kind of relating to the movement that we're doing, and then explain a little bit about what muscles it works and why this movement can help out with acceleration or deceleration or whatever it may be. Um, and then, lastly, the other kind of like facility related post or the training related post is our skills session um so within the red line clock we do have that 20 minute sports specific skill drills um so what i have there is i'll film some of our coaches working with a volleyball athlete or a uh, soccer player or a baseball player and just kind of relating the speed theme to the sports specific skill work um we do that with or without the camera being on just to make sure that we can kind of have the athletes get that mental grasp of, okay, this is what I worked on. Oh, this is why I worked on it. So in that way, they're not only seeing the benefits, but they can see that direct transitional relationship into their field of play. Um, So those are kind of like the three main um, uh, posts that we like to hit on a weekly basis. And then in between those, what I've actually implemented is um, fun type of posts in between just showing whether it may be a team or whether it may be um one of our staffers went to support and took pictures or whether it may be an athlete of the month post or stuff kind of like in regards to that so then that way we not only can showcase what we have from a facility aspect in our training but now you can see what we actually really do this for who we do this for why we do this so then that way each of the parents and the athletes really get to see, oh, that's what red line is about. Oh wow, I didn't know my son was doing that. Oh yeah, I just dropped my daughter off. I didn't know she can jump that high, that is awesome. And so it's kind of like another medium, not a simple medium in my opinion, that you can outreach to these different um, uh, populations, whether it be the older population or whether it be the younger population. Um, and I do say that because there are some mediums to the social media aspect that we really like to hone in on, and that is Instagram and Facebook. Um, I do have to be a little bit better on Twitter, I'm not going to lie. I'm still trying to figure that out from a character aspect, because I know you can't post too many pictures. That's more words, kind of, speak a the words can paint a thousand word pictures there. Um, but what we do with the Facebook population is we understand that the parents really like to use, or really do use Facebook um so i don't know too much like the generation but i know the um like my my dad um, my dad's dad and a few of my friends uh parents they really use facebook so what we like to do there is we like to promote a lot of the um the stuff that's going on the facility from a team aspect from a um who's training at a facility at this time little jimmy did this well um and so the parents really get to see on what's kind of going on through there uh, from that medium. And what we also, on top of that, we actually will notice that pictures really work a lot better on Facebook, whereas versus Instagram works a lot better with videos and compared to pictures. Why that is, I still do not know, but I've really kind of honed in on the insights of each post that we've done and see how it's outreached, how each one clicks, how many clicks it gets, so I'm able to see, okay, this post of a picture on Facebook did really well, where this post is the same one on Instagram, they didn't do so well, versus vice versa. We posted this video, got this many clicks, this many follows, this many profile visits. whereas a video, not too many people clicked on it on Facebook. So then I can now really kind of, all right, we're gonna go ahead and put videos more on Instagram and then Facebook we're gonna do some posts when we need to, we'll do some, or some sorry, we'll do some pictures when we need to we'll also promote some videos. Um, So with just all of that template that I'm able to um, have our, not only myself see, but our trainers see, I can then really hone in on the um, statistics of what each post kind of like holds. Um, And as I said before, I've been, I've learned a lot and unfortunately they didn't teach us this when we were growing up, going to college. I wish they would have, um, especially just to help us out, but fortunate enough with my team. I'm able to really kind of get the specifics, speak to them about the specifics, and have them understand on why social media can be a very, very good um, type of communication medium or platform.
0: This is great. And and that outline is is fantastic for our coaches to have some, some guidance there. Is this something that you just took the initiative, you saw the need, took the initiative, and went out and built and, and found the system that works well for you guys, or was this something that was... Like coach to you? How do you? How did you end up with this structured of a format?
1: Yeah. Um. So I'm very thankful for one of my jobs as um, I was a previous at the Cleveland State Recreation Center. I was a fitness and wellness supervisor, um, and with that position, I worked really close with a marketing person. He was a great guy, um, and he actually showed me the platform that we do it um, because I know at the time I wanted to post some stuff, and I was actually like posting on the uh, stories of uh, Instagram on. Um, the cleveland state story and i know he came up to me and he told me hey if you want to post something this is how we run our system and then he just opened this whole new world for me whereas okay now he what we would do is kind of a similar thing monday we would post on facebook in relation to what uh wellness kind of um wellness event we have going on and then after that we'll promote our f45 on thursday because we have a big group on Thursday that comes in, so we can take pictures of them at the six a m class and promote it later that afternoon um, and he also explained to me very well about what good times the uh, posts should be kind of promoted. There's some more times where there's a lot more clicks from like four or four thirty because that's when the average person gets out of work. Unfortunately for us we're the opposite we that's when we're in the heavy work uh, but with um, with that I was able to not only learn how to kind of organize a system with this help, but then I was able to also hone in. Okay. Um I know that some posts on Facebook may be more maybe clicked more in a later time when people are to work and they can go through and sift. Whereas um I know they shouldn't be, but on Instagram kids are always on their phone, so they'll see that and they'll go there. And I don't I don't recommend do not pay attention in school, pay attention when you're driving, but I know that they'll always be watching, they'll always be see it. So with that, that can kind of Instagram can be posted mainly around any time of the day and they'll still get a good amount of views or clicks or um, profiles and whatever it may be.
0: That was a good disclaimer to throw in there. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a couple of questions just on like specifics of your posts, uh, and I'll try not to overwhelm with all of them at once, but uh, do you target a specific population or type of athlete when you're taking these videos? Um, So
1: Mm, that's a great question, but no, I, I really do not. Um, some of the times, the only thing I kind of may may have target is um, just trying to switch up the age groups. Um, not only that, trying yeah. to switch up the genders as well. Um, so I know a lot of the times it's actually we are getting more of um, some just girls and female athletes. Um, but we do have a majority of male male athletes, um, but I love kind of just switching up, whether it's an eight-year-old, I know I made, um, like we created a post of um, one of our hockey players, um, great kid, little kid, he's eight years old, and within that post, I also had an older athlete who was like 14, so with the different age groups that can also show the parents, the athletes, or the kids, or whoever it might be, another coach who was looking at the red line, um, the red line profile, and they can see, oh wow, they train 8 year olds Oh wow, they also train a fortune. Oh wow, they train a sixteen-year-old who's going to college and play um, basketball at Ohio State or whatever it may be. So they can kind of see that we not only help out eight-year-olds or ten-year-olds, but we help out any athlete who wants to just get better in whatever sport they may be.
0: Absolutely, and that's exactly why I brought that up is is to be able to take a step back and look at our own social media profiles for the facility and and just see what are the optics? What's the perception from the parents? And if we're showing big groups, but they're all eight to 12 year olds, are we then giving the perception that we don't train those high school athletes? And I feel like what I see on your profiles is very balanced and, and just as high quality with your young athletes as it is with your older athletes, which could be, and that's a product of your training and the type of a program that you're running. And it's also a product of, smart selection. We're not just posting a video just to post a video. We're making sure it's a high quality video that we're putting out because then it's a reflection of the professional program that you're running, which is, is fantastic. I'm glad that you you really have intentionally made those decisions. It's not just a, oh well that was just a happy accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: now this like kind of template's been implemented, um I've been able to kind of just really I guess load up on um different um videos and pictures so now i have content so even though as i mentioned before with that system being run even though if i may be sick one day and really feeling bad and then or i can't make it i'm super busy because we have a meeting and i go right to um a practice or right to a one-on-one and then right to team training and then right to after that then it's already nine o'clock but with that content load and with the descriptions i already have kind of pre-made and knowing that okay it is flower metric week or it is acceleration week it'll then only take me probably five to 10 minutes instead of trying to get that right away, and then trying to write the description, then really focusing on um, the kind of like making it appealing um, and it taking 30 to 40 minutes. Um, so that way, that's another reason kind of why I also um, implemented this little system and trying on top of that, get as much content as I can just to kind of fill up and making sure it just really shows what our facility has to offer.
0: And that planning and that time management on your part probably goes a long way to reduce your own stress.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: One of my other questions was, do you typically tag anyone in your posts? Or and and one of the things that I've seen is just a lot of engagement and communication with other people through social media. Uh, is that something that you actively do? If if so, how do you manage that? How do you plan that? Or is it? You know, like what led to that type of an interaction with social media?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So how kind of like a, a first year uh, originated was like I actually was looking at who, which facility was, oh, the per- Parisi's Speed of School, um, and uh-huh. I really enjoy their content, what they have there, and I noticed that they actually tagged with some of their athletes, and what that did is the athlete would comment on it, or the athlete would then share that, and I would see it in two different profiles. So with that um, with that being said, what I had, um, not only I first talked to my trainers about it, I talked to them about, hey, if we post something and we have um, your camp or it was you coaching the session, um, feel free and I encourage it definitely to then repost it again on your own profile. Because what that does is instead of one hashtag or um, just one picture, it actually sets up two hashtags. So now that person who is ever searching For whatever may be acceleration or plyo or power now they see two profiles who have that or three profiles or four and all those four profiles relate back to one main one which is a redline athletics training facility um so i kind of start off with my trainers to feel free to do that i really encourage that and on top of that go ahead and ask um, or let the athletes know when you get to know them get to know their first names and their parents names and after you kind of spend a little bit of time go ahead follow our social media share our posts share our views share our stories if we tag you on our stories you guys just share it again or show your friends doesn't matter what you do we just want to make sure that you can see yourself doing what you do best and then you can also if you want to brag about a little bit because that move looked nice or that um shot was nice or that acceleration was really good you had those angles that we were looking for and what that did, and what we saw it do, is um we've had a lot of athletes just talk within themselves um they would tag themselves on the stories or reshare their stories, and then their friends would see that, and then their friends would ask them, "Hey, that was sweet, where'd you go? Who was that? Who was that coach? What are you doing that? Where are you doing that?" And they um then explain, "Oh yeah, it was that red line um this It was coach so and so he's an awesome guy, and then we had actually an athlete that it happened to, and he mentioned that a few of his friends were going to come in after the basketball season and just try out our facility. So that was kind of cool that we saw that it not only helped us get a little bit more of some members to come in through the door, but then also gave the athlete an opportunity to see themselves do what they do, and then it gives them um, a reason to kind of like show their friends and then bring their friends in because they want to make sure that they're training hard, but they want to show their friends that they can train hard as well with them.
0: I think there's there's two sides to that, right? The social media of interaction with your current clients, and then what that does for just buy-in, because with that young generation of athletes, they, they live on these social media profiles, and you yes. be able to reach <laughs> them there. I mean, obviously, I, I would attribute some of that to that high utilization that you guys have, and just how engaged your athletes are they're bought into the program and there's so many nuggets that you hit on 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 how you're communicating with it within the training center to your members knowing their parents names um checking Mm -hmm. in having their game schedules asking for their schedules and being a part of that like if those pieces are missed that that makes the rest of the system a lot more difficult right and it's How does that then benefit the business kind of wrapping up here on time and before we go uh, one of the big things that every coach has within redline is is all surrounding skill development and that being an area that as a strength coach may not necessarily be our forte so with your soccer background if you had to pick one to three skill drills that you would want to do with uh, your soccer athletes during skill time you could, you could pick a specific age range. You could say just blanket across mm. the board, this is a soccer skill that every soccer player in Redline should do at some point during a weekly cycle. What would they be?
1: Yes, that's a great question. You on the spot oh, I right love now. it. I love it. No, I love it. Um, so one of the first and foremost, and this I probably go with just all ages in general, is um, juggling ability. Um, What I see a lot of times is when we juggle as um, soccer players is knee straight, ankle or toe pointed up to their face, and the ball curves, which is um, an incorrect method of juggling. Um, Where ideally, you actually want to really use your hip or your hip flexor um, and bend your knee and then point your toe outward, so the ball should generally be in a straight path. Every time bounce should be a straight path. That simple kind of juggling technique exercise can go a thousand ways because now when the ball goes up and you have to control it, you know how to properly bring the ball down and it doesn't curl or doesn't bounce out. Or if you have to then do a, a volley or a kick whatever may through the air, now you have that correct technique going down there. So not only it'll help you with your juggling, but it helps you with your touch and whether it be your first or second touch. Um, and on top of that, um, or alongside that, the other one I would say is um, long ball, long ball technique. Um, a lot of the times, kids can pass 5 to 10 yards, but in the game of soccer, it's a, was a 120 by, I think, 80, so the full-size field, so that's a big, big field. You have to be able not only pass 10 yards, but maybe you have to put a long ball 40 yards, and it has to be at that person's chest or the foot itself, um, so that's what I always um, really like working on, too, is the long balls, the juggling with the first touch, and then lastly, this is just kind of like what I believe it can take soccer to the next level, is um what my coach in college used to call head on a swivel—the um, ability to be able to know what is going on in all points, no matter what part of the field you are—and um, so that's just like checking over your shoulder, head on a swivel, noting that you have time, or you don't have time. Even if the person who passes the ball doesn't say "man on" or "time," you should be able to self-know that. Yes, I do have time. I can turn. I can go and dribble. Or no, I have a guy on my back or girl on my back. I have to pass the ball back. Um, so those are kind of like the three. Um, points that I focused on with all my, uh, soccer players here at Redline. I go through some type of juggling, um, long ball technique, and then also head on a swivel or checking over your shoulder.
0: Very cool. Awesome. And, and head on a swivel, like describe to me, I know it's hard to do this and maybe we even collect a video and we attach it to this, to this recording. So that way we can see it. (laughs) But like what type of a drill would you do to emphasize head on a swivel with a, a soccer athlete?
1: yeah yeah so there's actually kind of two drills on um, one drill I just set um, one athlete in the middle um, and then sometimes I have been fortunate enough so if I, had, I do have three I'm able to do this but if only I have one then I kind of do the other one so if I have like three to four um, which as I mentioned I have been fortunate enough uh, I put one person in the middle uh, and then I put the other three people at the combs. Um and then each time the person has to pass the ball check their right shoulder, and then come back and then get the other ball. Retreat again, check their left shoulder, and then come back and pass the ball. And so now they're just staying in that kind of like that same spot, barely moving, but they're always checking their shoulder every time to see where the players may be. Um, Because I I don't think I mentioned there, on top of that, kind of like the person in the middle, there's that four cone. So since there's only three players on the cones, there's still that one cone open. So, one of the players shifts ah. there. And if the person doesn't know that, yeah, doesn't know that the person moved because they didn't check their shoulder, then they're going to go and they're, they're not going to get a ball passed or they're going to miss pass and it's going to go and touch off their foot because it is kind of like a speed of play. So, that works on checking over the shoulder. Um, and then another Very simple cool. one I do is just is to the, the DSPs
0: yeah. listening, don't worry, we're going to attach a video. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it will be a lot more helpful with the video. <laughs> Um, and like the other one I do is just mainly a simple kind of like uh, you have to see whenever um, without the ball I started off with just kind of like bouncing off the ball of your feet because I believe in the game of soccer you should never be caught flat footed Um, so always like bouncing off the balls of your feet and I actually prefer that where you see a lot of coaches say on your toes both are fine but if you're thinking kind of like through a training aspect, too, right, when you want to be elastic and explosive, you want to be more the ball of your feet, not too much on their tippy toes there. So that's why I always uh, say to my athletes, ball is the ball of your feet. And what I have them do is I'll stand maybe like two, three yards away, they're facing the wall, and then I'll just stick my hand out to their right shoulder and they have to see what number I have or I'll stick their mite to their left shoulder and they'll have to see what number I have. We do that for like 10 to 15 seconds. And then I involve a ball. So now they're doing toe taps and they have to do that. Or now they're doing duck walks or penguin walks and they have to do that. And then we can progress them there. Now you're gonna go ahead, check away, check two, pass the ball through these dribbles. And then I'm gonna have my hand out over here. So once you're dribbling through that third cone, you have to be able to check over that shoulder. Um, so we do that with and without the ball going there to progressively make sure that each athlete has success. because. younger athletes a little bit harder to do that exercise with and without the ball mainly because of the foot skills touch but you'll have the older athlete who can maybe go a little bit more advanced um in those stage in those early stages
0: fantastic those are awesome drills for our coaches to to add to their toolbox thank you for that (laughs) uh we're going to go ahead and wrap it up and again i just thank you so much for being on the call today and, and really going through what i would say is just I mean, I'm a big believer in paying it forward and and really giving in order to receive and you've paid it forward tenfold. So again, thank you. I appreciate your time so much. I know with all this and, and with everything that you're doing in your own training, it's every hour in the day, every minute in the day counts. So thank you again. I really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, of course, no problem. Um, And I love that we're able to talk here. And as I mentioned before, not only do I want to help all the athletes be successful, but I want to also help the other coaches be successful too, who are down in the trenches, maybe give them a little lifeline every now and then so they need that help. And then they stumble again, we can pick them back up. Um, as I mentioned, whoever it may be, whether it's a coach through the red line or it's a coach who just saw something through a social media platform, whatever help that um, I can do, um, I'll definitely try my best to do it.
0: A coach wants to reach out to you. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah. Um, so I have kind of two different um, medium. My um, first is my email, uh, Suarez at Redline Athletics. That is M as in uh, Mario and then S-U-A-R-E-Z at Redline. Um, and then my Instagram handle is coach underscore mar zero nine. Um, and you can send me a direct message, whatever it may be. Direct message and, uh, emails will probably be my best. Um, and then you can always give our facility a call. Um, and that's just our number. You can have, you can see that kind of like on our micro side, or we do also have it on our main, um, Instagram page, which is just redline athletics Delaware slash Olin Tangy.
0: I appreciate it so much. I'm sure you'll have some coaches that reach out to you and and I'll put together a little notes list on just top takeaways from this and and some of those templates that you outlined. So uh, those will be sent out with this recording. But again, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, yeah, no problem.
1: Thank you, Jen. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of In the Red Line. If you have a topic suggestion or a coach you'd like to hear from, send them to us at operations at redlineathletics.com. We'll see you next time.